Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. My next guest is the CEO of a not-for-profit organisation and has been helping and offering relevant practical support to Australian families through radio broadcasts, preventative educational programmes, seminars and counselling. Their aim is to strengthen Their aim is to help strengthen Australian families, regardless of their religion, politics, social economic status, culture or age. And they focus on real life issues, tackling binge drinking, drugs, pornography, depression, bullying and teenage sexuality head on. Their major parenting and relationship programs undergo ongoing validation by independent experts and focus on academic and research excellence. Welcome, Brett. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. You're more than welcome. So focus on the family Australia. Um, Tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got involved with it and, and what focus on the family actually does well how long's your program because it's a long story but i'll give you a wow. huge version yeah um, i'll give it a little bit about me and then i'll go into focus uh, i've been married for 31 years uh i've got three adult sons two of them are married and my third one is planned to be married at the end of this year all going wow. well with covid well wow. i've got yes. two grandchildren and that is just a delight of for our world um and uh, we uh do a ministry together with my wife uh, at Focus on the Family. But prior to that, my wife's been a teacher for 25 years. I was a nurse, a critical care nurse from and major in intensive care and accident emergency. So for me to have a really good day, someone had to have a really bad day. Yeah. I love the blood and the guts and and the chaos. uh, And uh, and I love that. And then I also love being able to help people in their bedside and their families, supporting them during that time. Yeah. And uh, so I did that for 15 years. And then I was uh, invited to become a a children's pastor at a very large church. And I worked as a school chaplain during that time. And I worked there for about 12 years. And it was a very large ministry, helping families and and trying to um, instill in them high values and, uh, and, and really helping families thrive in that stage. But then I was also um, and then uh, applied for a job at Focus on the Family. And Focus on the Family have been part of my world from a very early age. I remember reading many of uh, the the psychologist books uh, by the name of James Dobson. And some people um, love him, some people don't like him, but he had some really sound, um, very, very practical advice. And we did a lot of his parenting um advice into our world and then now to work for an organization that I was um, was greatly helped by it's uh, quite a pinch myself moment because it's it's a, an organization and we're only small but we've got a big reach and we do a lot mm. in the area of radio uh, we're in about 750 radio stations community radio stations across Australia uh, wow. a lot in the regional areas um, we created a YouTube channel we've got our website which has got a wealth of different resources uh, our social media platforms we've also created like a um a netflix uh type of platform that has really practical advice on parenting mental health sexuality um all things that 
people need some very uh, helpful advice. And I know that, you know, people say, yeah, I know I should read that thing or I listen to that or watch that, but they don't do that. There's sometimes a disconnect because we know we can do better with more information and we're here to provide helpful information. And I would like to think that we're more in the prevention game rather than the solutions at the bottom of the end of the cliff because yeah. people are going through and many of your listeners may have that situation they wish they'd put things into place or the other their uh, significant other put things in place to avoid those things happening to uh, disintegrate their relationship and the the challenges or the collateral damage for their families and so we're in the the, the business of trying to help families before they become a crisis yeah, and look, I I know you guys through your YouTube channel, so I love the fact that you do one-minute snippets, basically, which are great because they're like bite-sized snippets that give great information on just different parenting issues that you may come across, um, and so it's great for it's great for me because I just go, oh, I yeah, no, I need to look at that because well, I've got that issue. Yeah, people's attention span is a little bit less. And so they don't read uh, as much. They don't watch as much, but that has changed. I mean, if it's good content, people do get engaged. Uh, But a lot of people want their time poor or they choose to be time poor. And so things that are in bite-sized pieces, our radio is a lot, we do one-minute slots. We do a lot of 25-minute programs uh, similar to yours. and, uh, and, And they can go to a bit deeper, but predominantly a lot of people just see, they just need that little bit of encouragement or that little bit of challenge. And it can really change their directory in their relationships, in their parenting or in life in general. Yeah. It's just adding more tools into your toolbox as a parent um, and as a person as well, because it's not just, you don't just cover off parenting as well. You cover off relationships and, you know, personal development and things like that as well, which is great. You know, it's sort of a plethora of information that you sort of um, cover, which is brilliant. We like to call ourselves like a one-stop shop from from uh, from birth to the grave. There'll be something for everyone (laughs) that will help someone in that going through a different age and different stage and help them where they're at. And, and as you said, we, we provide, you know, parenting is one thing, but then, you know, if you say the word family, what do you, where do you start and where do you stop? Wow. It's so broad. broad. Yeah. In this day and age, it is, there's blended families, there's single parent families, you know, there's, there's what I would call the normal nucleus of a family you know where there's like mum dad and the kids and stuff um and the grandparents etc but there was so many like that's the world we live in it's a colorful and um amazing world that we live in so you know that there's same sex families now you know which is great and so yeah you know um they all go through different different issues and it yeah. could be mental health, it could be um, sexuality issues, it could be uh, addictions, uh, and it could be just simply how to communicate more effectively, how to handle conflict and resolve conflict in a much healthier way. Uh, and, yeah. um, and then it could be finances. And so, you know, we try and provide as much resources in a practical way and not be too heavy handed, but hey, if you change, as I said before, someone's trajectory by one or two degrees, I'll end up in a far different yeah. place. And and that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So like um, what hurdles do you see that families actually um, are coming to you? And I mean, I know both you and I are locked down in, in 
COVID lockdowns at the moment, but um, what hurdles are you seeing families come to you for help on? You know, what issues are you it getting? It could be a number of things. Um, it mm. could be infidelity. It could be uh, narcissism. You'd be surprised how much that has increased. Uh, emotional abuse, not just physical abuse. Yeah. Uh, we see a number of them just grappling with, you know, how to talk to the kids about the big issues, uh, you know, yeah. and how to navigate a, a complex world. I mean, if you talk about sexuality, it's complex enough. And then to add another layer of gender fluidity and transgenderism to a four-year-old oh. and a six-year-old, it, it does make it very complicated. And how do you, you know, communicate that to your child in a way that is not, you know, um, looking down at someone and caring for them and valuing them as a person, but understanding that, you know, it's not as black and white and it's not as clear in our day and age. And especially when you're trying to communicate that to children, um, that makes it even more difficult. And then, and the other issue is just simply, as I said, you know, life gets in the way, people drift apart and it may not be intentional, but busyness of work and life, financial stress has added another dimension. And at the moment with COVID and those people who are listening to this are in that, that space, yeah. you know, it, it, that, that fatigue is setting in and that low level of unmotivation, languishing is a very common word at the moment and people mm. aren't as productive and, and just not as motivated to go out and exercise or, or to do things because we can't really do very much. And so that has crept in. And unfortunately, during this COVID stage, many relationships have unfortunately disintegrated. And it's very sad that in that very fragile and very, um, you know, you're more vigilant and it, it's it's a chaotic time to make those lifelong decisions. And it may be that they just simply, hey, let's take a time out. Let's see if we can work out how we can show grace to one another when we're in each other's space and in each other's space. Yeah. And let's talk about it more seriously when things have settled down. But, you know, we're seeing uh, lawyers um, being submitted a lot of papers for divorces at the moment. I've got a friend of mine who said he's got six of his mates that have all divorced in this period of time. And, and I'm thinking, Wow. How sad that is that, you know, it is a season and everything is a season, but if they can just navigate yeah. that, because we do know that, you know, it's, it's an expensive ordeal uh, financially, but it's also expensive relationally, psychologically. Um, it, it puts a, a more enormous strain on children during this time. And, and yeah. unfortunately that's yeah. what's taking place. So it's anything and everything of all the issues that people are faced with. Yeah, no. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot of it, like COVID does. And I can't think of the word this morning, but um, escalate a lot of underlying issues that are there. And sometimes it is about taking that step back and taking a deep breath and reassessing to actually overcome those, um, overcome those issues as such. And it is it like some fractures already. Yeah. Yeah. If there were some fractures already in the relationship or strains, yeah. COVID has only just opened them all up. Yes. So, okay. So, um, are there any, is there anything key um, that you're covering at the moment with yeah. single parents as such? Because uh, this podcast is about single parents and things like that. Do you find that, like, what's the top three issues? that you're getting um and like you've just said like your friend has got six six people who have now divorced and separated in this crazy covid period that we're in like there's challenges around all of that whether i mean and there's 
there's different challenges with different situations. Every divorce, every separation is different. You've got domestic um, violence situations, which, um, you know, if you've got children, my mind is that's the healthiest to move away and separate if there's violence or emotional abuse, then that is a healthy thing to separate um, and and get the children away from that situation. But um, what it, what are you seeing from a single parent perspective? What, how are you helping single parents? Yeah, there's a number of things. I mean, especially uh, if you're looking at a highlighted one, is you know how do you how do you connect with your spouse when they've got different value systems and different belief systems than mm. you, or different ways of parenting? I mean, it's hard enough when you're doing it together, when you've got a different way, a different of opinion, but then when you've yeah. got, a, a, you know, different homes and different roofs over their heads and they have a different way of addressing things and how, how it's confusing for the child to come back, um, you know, from being at dad's or mum's house and it's got a different way of doing things. And so um, we've, we've done a number of radio interviews on this topic. Uh, we've actually, there's an organisation called um, uh, Shaken Not Stirred, um, or, oh, you know, or blended, not stirred, I should say. I think it's like that. <laughs> uh, okay. And anyway, we've done a number of those type of discussions about how to do, you know, either the separation well, because children shouldn't be the pawns in all of this. And they shouldn't be used to no. relay messages. They shouldn't be the ones that actually have to be the ones that, uh, you know, hey, tell me more what's going on in that household, you know, like yeah. to be on reconnaissance all the time. No, kids should be kids and that's what they should be. And and then also for the, the single parent at home spending time with the kid, you shouldn't lean too much on them, um, you know, because they're kids. You know, shouldn't rely on them emotionally. Uh, there's a lot of things in that space that uh, trying to help um, clarify for single parents to to do that well. Um, I, I do have from time to time the difficulty for dads having access to their kids and that's become yes. a, a really difficult time and a really hurting time. Um, and we also have the situation where, um, you know, you've already identified the violent side of things, but even if uh, it wasn't violent, we would also encourage couples at times to have what I call a healing separation. When there's conflict all the time, may not be physical or even dangerous. You just don't feel like you're going well. Sometimes you need the catalyst to separate and, uh, and allow that to be the aha moment to say, you need help. I'm here to support yeah. you, but we can't do this together because we're in just so much tension. And I'd always encourage people to be the very best version of themselves. It takes two healthy individuals to make a healthy relationship. And so, uh, and then from that point of view, we've actually had a number of people contacting us to say, how do we do it again? You know, how do we start up the, the next conversation? Uh, if I'm going to start uh going out with another person, how do I bring my children along? You know, if they go into the, the dating scene again. So that's another thing that we've had to try and help people with just as, as, as beneficial and as practical as possible and what to look out for. And one of the conversations you should have with your kids, bring them along on the journey. And um, I mean, they have a big say in it, not, not the end say, but they have a big say because they've been um, thrust into a situation which they didn't want. Now they're going to be thrust into a situation where they may not want again because they just got into a nice little routine and rhythm. Um, and it can be very complicated and we have to be very sensitive to all stakeholders in this journey. Yeah. And look at the end of the day, I look at it. So I, me being separated from my, my ex partner, I look at it and think, well, 
my son loves his dad like I love my parents and my grandparents. So it doesn't matter that I don't love his dad. You know, it's not that I don't like his dad, but I'm not in love with his father anymore. And therefore, um, but it doesn't change that he loves his dad. He loves and adores his dad. So, you know, my the fact that I don't shouldn't affect him you know, and I shouldn't influence what his thoughts and views are on his father as such. The same as his father shouldn't do that regarding myself. So it's like keeping our situation and our relationship out of my son's situation and relationship with, with that. And, and like, um, yeah, so I completely agree with you. You know, it's, it's a, it's a minefield to navigate, regarding you know a little person's emotions and they sometimes come out with the key things like I hate you mummy and I want to stay with daddy because you've given them a boundary that they don't like and um you know you know (laughs) and and so that's you know they think they come out with these things and they don't realize what they're saying so yeah it's just dealing with all of those situations so how do people find you as such so I like I found you guys via YouTube and watching your videos and stuff like that on YouTube and I know you've got a website and and things but how do people do they get referred to you do they just find you via searches it could be a search through the website if people got a specific issue and and they come across us they can stumble upon us and you stumble upon it yeah. Uh, many people know us through the radio. So if you're listening to the radio, a lot of community radio stations across Australia and in all the major capitals and all the regional centres, there's you know there's a somewhere that you could probably hear us along uh, on the radio, and that's where most people hear us from. And then they would either go to our Facebook page, and it might be some practical advice um, and maybe a, a little tip that you know you can do it in one sentence. <laughs> uh, then there can be the aspect of you know our um, a uh, family cast uh, application, which is another area, but we don't oh, get wow. referred to, but people do refer to us because they might know yes. us and, and trust us and, and earning that trust and being able to deliver on that. Uh, we, as I said, we're a small team, but we sort of bat above our uh, pay grade because we're trying to help as many people. And so, I, you know, we do um, what I would call pastoral care, not counselling, uh, because, you know, counselling is a much more formal position to be in. And if I might just do what I call a triage, you know, take a phone call, um, you know, in fact, I've, I've just left a phone call just prior to this um, this interview um, with a woman who's got a husband who's uh, gaslighting her, and uh, oh, okay. her and and so had and she's quite fragile at the moment, and uh, she rang us because she knows us somewhere along the line, or she's been referred to us and trusts us for some helpful advice. Now we can't journey with her. Um, yeah. it's just a, it's a triage situation and we would encourage her to get involved in, you know, um, a community group or go and seek some professional counseling or, or, um, try and find a, a group of small, but trusted friends, not a huge group that can help come alongside you, not solve the issue, but come alongside you because, uh, unfortunately, uh, many people are looking for that quick answer and it's never a quick answer. There's never a silver bullet because it's multiple layers no. of complex issues. And sometimes, unfortunately, it you know, you could do everything right and your partner chooses to go another pathway. Oh, I, and, yeah. And abuses you and, and treats you poorly, uh, speaks disrespectfully to you, as you were saying before, in front of your, you know, your children. And, uh, but 
I would try, even though they might do it to you, it doesn't give you an excuse or can't blanche to actually do it to them. Because we need to, you know, do unto others that you'd have them do unto you. Yes. That's a great philosophy in life. And we've got to be very careful and not allowing our, our feelings to get the better of us. Treat each other with respect because that is actually giving you a great role model. Your kids are going to watch how you handle stress. They're going to watch you handle conflict. They're going to watch you how you handle finances and do a work ethic. We talk about family of origin. Uh, this blimp, you know, and it does have an effect and will leave a scar with your kids through separation and divorce. But as you navigate that, and if you do it together, and ultimately, if you have your children's best interests at heart, you will watch your P's and Q's. You will treat one another with respect. You will be courteous when you see and interact with them. And, and you can do it. And I've heard and have seen when families do that well, they may not love each other, but they learn to be friends yeah. in a different format. And in fact, when they if they've repartnered, they've actually formed really healthy relationships because they've actually put the kids ahead of their own interests. Yeah, and I, I and I agree with you. And I think you said it very well previously. It's about being the best you can be. It's about being the better person. Um, and it, we're adults at the end of the day, so <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, that's it, it, we talk about common. I know. I know. We talk about yeah. Common sense is not that common, <laughs> and we also talk about we're adults. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes yeah. it doesn't always um, become evident. No, well, look, there's a lot of like we're complex human beings. Like at the end of the day, we are very complex. There are so many different colors, facets, uh, thoughts, emotions. We've also, and I think you've touched on it, we've also been scarred by our part, like how our parents have been brought up, how our grandparents were brought up, all of the various different situations that they've been involved. I mean, like our grandparents, well, my grandparents, I'm some people listen to this. grandparents might not have been involved, but I'm pretty old. Our grandparents were involved in like wars yeah. and those wars were world wars that affected a lot of people and scarred a lot of people. And although PTSD has only really just come around in the last 10, 15 years, um, you know, we had our grandparents may have been suffering from PTSD all of those years ago. And I would imagine a lot of them would have been suffering from some element of PTSD, come back from the war, brought up families. And then the scars from what happened in the war has been, you know, being able to communicate or whatever has been transferred through the different generations. And thankfully we're now starting to learn about all of this and how to deal with it and you know the various different treatments that people can go through uh to heal themselves and to stop this cycle as such it's um crazy how all of these things affect yeah. like how we bring our children up and you might have said to yourself you know i'll never do like that i'll never be like my mother oh. i'll never be like but yeah. unless you make an intentional decision getting good information and making and putting those into practice you tend to default to the things you're familiar with and you might have said oh, I'm, I'm exactly like i i didn't want to do yeah. that or you can do the other side of things is you know if you had a very disciplinarian, uh, very uh, autocratic, uh, very strict parenting, you might do the pendulum swinging the completely other way um, to, you know, compensate. And that's not helpful either. It's a balance of everything. Um, and that's why we try and provide those resources. And as I said, our website is families.org.au. And that's where a lot of people can get some really helpful information. Yeah. And like, I'm so do you actually do like parenting relationship programs as such? Do you, I know you, cause you've got all the videos and everything like that, which is really helpful, but do you actually hold like 
programs online or, or um, yeah, that, courses? That's what we, we've created a few series of videos. Because of COVID, we've actually put a lot more in the digital space because people can get access yeah. to it. Uh, we're just about to launch one, primary school parenting. Uh, we've done one early uh, early age parenting or talking about uh the, the early years, the, the first four years. Um, and I've done a whole series on how to talk to your kids about sex, uh, how to talk to your kids about, um, you know, mental health, um, how to talk to your kids about technology and social media and dating. So yeah. they're going to be coming those. out uh, over the next couple of uh, weeks and months um, to be able to yeah. provide that service. And uh, because it's, and, and I love, I love speaking in front of an audience. I get energized with it. They can interact with you. I've been doing a lot of zoom ones lately, you know, just online. Oh, it's, never awesome. quite, it's never quite the same because you can't really, you know, there's only so many thumbnails you can actually look at to see what you're engaging the audience with, you know, in a face-to-face presentation. Um, and sometimes people just need that little bit of guidance and encouragement to say, Hey, you you're doing okay. You know, you're not that yeah. bad. And I find that most people who come to seminars, they're actually doing all right. You know, they just want to yeah. fine tune a few things. I tend to find the biggest issues is just that lack of motivation or that apathy. She'll be right, mate. And that actually yeah. creeps into relationships. It creeps into your parenting and family dynamics. If you just take one another for granted, it takes work to make a relationship successful and it takes work to be a, an effective and engaged and, uh, and a welcoming parent for your children. Yeah. So you can have those tough conversations, those boundaries, as you said earlier, and put those into practice because your kids will actually thrive when they know what the boundaries are. And that they know what the values are that you're instilling in them and you're role modeling how to deal with all of life's issues. And, uh, and, and so if you're doing those things well, kids aren't looking for perfection. They're looking for real, authentic and genuine. And if you can do that and when you own up, when you do mistakes and when you stuff up and you say, look, I, I overreacted, I yelled, I'm really sorry, would you please forgive me? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Because if you're aiming to be the perfect parent, you've already failed because there are, because there are no perfect parents. No, no, I completely agree with you. There are no perfect parents. And look, at the end of the day, I think we can't beat ourselves. We're all trying to be the best person we can be. And there are all different things that impact our lives. I think having an awareness and I think the the things that you guys do um, help with just um, allowing people to take that step back, have an awareness and go, oh, maybe I could have said that a different way. Um, you know, oh, um, that gives the, the tools that you, and even with the one minute snippet videos, and I know it's one minute, but some of the tools that you actually suggest on those um, just help for that. Oh, maybe I need to change my state or maybe I need to take a step back, take a deep breath. Like you said, these are, these are not aliens that we've just produced. These are little <laughs> human beings, right? At the end of the day, they don't come from a different planet. Although sometimes I do wonder, but yeah. you know, they're human at the end of the day. So all the, feelings and emotions and everything that we have they're going through as well they have them as well they have their own thoughts and opinions and views even if they are five which my son is but he's amazing at some of the things that he comes out with apparently we're not going to starbucks um because he's sort of found out some things about Starbucks that he doesn't like, which is great. <laughs> Mummy's happy. Well, they can have little kids. The little kids can have big emotions. And I think we need to treat yes. them. And no, and they don't come with an instruction manual. They're oh also unique. God, no. And if you have two or more children, you know, you think they come out of the same pod, um, but they should, you should be able to parent yeah. them the same. You don't. They have to be uniquely parent 
parented and find out what makes them tick, what drives them, what motivates them. And what works with one child um, doesn't work with another child. And, you know, you've got a strong-willed child and you've got those who are a bit more carefree. Then you've got the type yeah. A personalities, perfectionists, and, and you know, can't do any wrong. And you think, well, I did that well. Why can't the other one be like that? And then if you get into the comparing and contrasting, that's not a good service either. So there's a lot of things that if you get a little bit of information on different issues, you'll, 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 um, circumvent before they get out of hand, especially when you're trying to build that relationship. Like for example, when a teenager is becoming, you know, 13, 14, they go through that process of individuation and you've got this perfect child. They have a great, warm, welcoming, um, engaged, conversational style parenting. And then suddenly they just snap and they go, I back off mum and dad, you know, Mm. I don't need you anymore. And so you don't know where, you might've thought they were an alien. You know, you might've thought, (laughs) And, and but understanding that that's what they're going through. They're trying to find out where they fit into the world. Don't back off too far. And, and you are their prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain where they you think rationally and you, and you say, have you considered? But if you really react, then you're going to shut the conversation up. But if you respond, you're watching your tone, you're watching your volume. All these little things can make all the difference with building a healthy relationship with your child. Yeah, and I and look, and also I think. Looking at the other side of the coin, and I think uh, I interviewed a a guy, Cody um, Butler, uh, quite recently um, regarding teenage, because he deals with a lot of um, work with teenagers who basically just want to stay in their bedroom and not do much. And their parents are going, well, they're not motivated. And he sort of turns it around to the teenager and goes, well, how are you working with your parents as such? Because when they go, oh, my parents don't understand me. Do you actually understand your parents? And he sort of tries to turn it around as well because it's a scary time for parents. And I, you know, I think, you know, and I look back at my teenage years and I go, oh my God, how horrendous was I for my parents? But I didn't even think about them. I was like, didn't think about how scary it was for them that I'd gone from this child that, you know, was their baby as such to, uh, you know, trying to find my own way in the world, like you said, and individual, etc. cetera, uh, trying to find my individuality and, and where I was. Like, it's a scary time. Like you've got this lovely, gorgeous child that was, you were their work. World and now you're like not their world yeah. and um yeah and they they've got they're trying to create their own world and so that's a scary transition regarding that as well so yeah yeah no that's that's cool so um do you like I, and I know you you work with a lot of people and you do these um these programs that you have have you got anything that's going to be running soon or where do people go on the work on the website and can they access these uh, i'm actually running a, a a marriage seminar at the moment an online marriage conference oh, wow. so that's been over there it's over five weeks uh, we just did a seminar last week on marriage and finances and intimacy um, so there was a couple of yeah. webinars at the moment. I am um, just doing the planning and strategy and budgets for 2022. And that's where I'm wow. going to be doing a lot of effort and energy in fundraising. And so a lot of my content is going to be put on the shelf for a while. And because it's all very well to have great content, but unless it's uh, being yeah. able to be funded. So a lot of my energy is going to be putting in that area, but I am, you know, going to the radio studio and creating some more content that um, that will be helpful. We just did 20 more family minutes for our YouTube channel. So that's being done some post-production work. 
So I'm still doing a lot of stuff, but it will be fair over time. Um, But it is a challenge to know where to put my energies into. Um, But I'm speaking at a couple of schools on, you know, uh, that doing it via Zoom for parents on how to talk to the kids about sex. Um, So, yeah, and, and so those type of things I really enjoy. And, um, and I find that um, it really answers the questions that people have. And, uh, but if, if I do get a, a whole number of people contacting me at the same time, and there seems to be a theme that people are saying, hey, we need this, then it might be able to create some content and more yeah. to, to explore those options. So, so people can feed, people could actually get in contact with you and feed feedback to you and say, Hey, um, you know, I'm finding this really difficult. Um, do you have content on that? Or, you know, maybe could you create content on yeah. it or come and talk to our school or you, you're more than, well, it's a bit difficult in COVID. But, well, when, um, um, yeah. when COVID first hit last year, I went, did Facebook live and I did two a week for you know, oh. 20, 20, 25 weeks. So I, I created about 50 different Facebook live. That was exhausting. And I did a topic oh, every week. Okay. To every, you know, three days, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, on various issues, on all these things in half an hour. I just give it a snapshot. And that's seemed wow. to be really quite positive. And uh, I, I need to probably go back there and doing those things. And they just take time and energy. But I do enjoy it because it's it's a much needed in our culture today. Oh, very much so. Like what you guys are doing is, is awesome. Um, it is about helping families to thrive I think because um and and thank god we've got people like yourselves doing this so look I know you're a not-for-profit organization so how do you get funding as such um through mainly through donations that's our predominant people you know use our content and then they might you know become a a partner of us and they might just give it you know five or ten dollars a month and you know more of those type of things there's some people who are in a much more economic position and they might donate thousands of dollars you know they're they're being benefits um because they've benefited from it they've they want to continue to be a blessing to others and um, so that's the main one i do a bit of public speaking so that brings in some revenue we sell some books like for example there's one called good pictures bad pictures and that's on about pornography how to talk to your 10 year old about pornography for example yeah and it's a, a picture yeah. book that your kid reads and you read with them and and how to start that conversation about that so that's been a really big seller for us um, but there are only little things that we do, uh, but predominantly it's going to be donations. And and I apply for grants from every time, every now and then, but they take a lot of work to apply for grants. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I've seen that. I have actually seen the book um, you're talking about, which I think is awesome because being a single mom and having a boy, and I think that's the different. I mean, you know, when we were talking about children and the fact that, you know, you can have three kids you've got three boys and I'm imagining that three boys completely different all completely different unique individuals in themselves with their own skills and their own you know um their own um positive um traits and negative traits just like my child and um he's got two my child's got two sisters um and so girls and boys are completely different as well and um being a single mum and then thinking about trying to approach the subject of things like pornography with my son, which to me is a real like, I'm going, how am I going to do this? I mean, he's five at the moment, so I'm hoping it's not even in his head. But um, but yeah, exactly. So things like your book, I just looked and went, wow, okay, this could help me. 
a lot. Yeah. I, I'd encourage parents to be much more proactive rather than reactive. Yes. Like we've got a, a downloadable resource. It's a free resource that on how to talk to your kids about sex, mm. the ages and stages. And it's starting at five, you know, how to talk yeah. about their body using the real words. Um, by the age of about eight or nine or 10, um, most boys would have been exposed to pornography. And in fact, I've got a friend of mine who's wow. a child psychologist and he's, he's dealing with eight-year-olds who are addicted to pornography. So somewhere along the line, you might think that it's, you know, further ahead, but because of the technology, it's so accessible oh, and they might just stumble upon it and it's curious and it's unusual. They don't know. It makes them feel yucky, but it makes them feel happy as well. And what do they do with this information? And, wow. and so being more proactive, you know, it's like talking to your child, a, a daughter, you know, their first menstrual cycle. When, when do they have to, when do you have that conversation? You, you shouldn't wait until they're 13. You should have it about the age of nine and 10 yeah. because they might have their first menstrual period, um, you know, at school. And if you don't have that conversation with them, they'll think that they've got cancer and dying, you know, oh. and it can be more trauma. So we talk about, you know, it's never too early to talk to your kids about the big issues at an age appropriate level, because there's not a matter of if it's a matter of when your children will be exposed to things. And so it, and it's those little things and it's, and it's not a one-off conversation. It's an ongoing dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not about, um, it's about being very natural and very calm about when you have that conversation with them um, and not actually um, making it sound yucky, if you see what I mean, or making there be a stigma about it. It's Look, at the end of the day, everything that you've just spoken about is all natural. We all deal with it. It's just that our own, like, I don't know, society or whatever puts these connotations in your head and then, and it could have come from, your culture or it could have come from parent, you know, how you were parented and stuff like that, um, that we need to actually just take a step back, chill out and go, this is natural. This is not like something that's yucky. We've got to deal with it. And I agree with you. Like I sit there, you're like, you've just shocked me because I was going, yeah, 10 will be like, I think 10 will be. And like, you now you're saying eight and I'm going, wow, I hadn't thought about that. But technology you know, makes our children like progresses our children more quickly than it would do at our age. You know, I mean, really, when you think back, I mean, well, you know, I'm talking 20, really in the last 20 years, the technology has gone on so quickly that, you know, really when I think back to when I was a kid, like, well, we didn't, we had one computer in the school, basically, you know, there was no, you know, the internet was only just a, you know, sparkle in somebody's eye and, um, you know, mobile phones were the size of bricks and we didn't have our computer in our phone as such. And, uh, there were no iPads and we were only just getting the bloody iPod. So, you know, things like that, that, you just yeah we just don't think about it so I agree with you like if you think I need to have a conversation with my child at 13 maybe take three years off and start that conversation then as such well I used to go and speak in a lot of schools and issues that I'd be speaking to the 16 and 17 year olds I'm now speaking to the 12 and 13 year olds and and then um, I actually remember going to a a group of grade um, five students and talking about puberty and I tell you what, they were they were really engaged. They, you know, you get the sillies, the giggles, but then once you're actually giving them really helpful advice, they're leaning into the conversation. I spoke to a group of grade six boys about periods. Well, these are yeah. boys, and they going yeah. really. That's and people think, well, why do you talk about that? Because then they have a greater understanding of yes. women, and they have a greater empathy when 
they go through their uh, premenstrual cycles and 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 that their empathy level and their understanding just went through the roof that's how we should educate i mean that that treats that is the idea of treating one another with respect and yeah. if they have a greater understanding because otherwise they're going to be learning it from pornography which is violent degrading dehumanizing criminal and that's where they're doing the greatest amount of learning. And girls are learning that way as well. They're thinking that this is normalized behavior. I have to put up with this. And there's not a, nothing about intimacy. It's all fact is that you, know, you can go straight and do the deed. And, you know, yeah. and, and I don't want to be graphic on the radio, but the, I, I obviously can on the podcast. But you know, yeah. there is a lot of things that are taking place in our culture that has now been normalized and it is just not the idea and it's not helping set up people to have healthy relationships because it's distorting their view of virtual this virtual interaction on a, on an image uh, and and they don't know how to function in the rear real and so it's it's putting a lot of strain on relationships and expectations that are not met and um, people aren't happy so they say bye bye i'll find someone who will and and that's not a way well this is yeah well this is my concern with dating apps and things like that and it's a whole podcast that i want to do on that but like my concern with dating apps is it's very much like online shopping and i go but dating isn't about shopping yeah. right i you know i can have a pair of red shoes black shoes white shoes whatever but um you know, that's not you're, – you're shopping for your human being, right? <laughs> that's a whole different – like, but it is. Like, you know, Tinder is swipe left, swipe right, swipe – you know, oh, I like the look of those shoes. I don't like the look of those shoes. I, you know, it's just – and so it's making it very much like a purchasing yeah. It's very superficial. And also people and, have, uh, But the research oh. would say that about one in ten relationships are starting online now, and that's growing. That's significantly growing. And yeah. I know a number of people who have been uh, have met online and now married, including my son who met his now fiance online, wow. but she didn't put a picture. He was engaged with what she wrote, and it turns out she didn't write it. It was her sister who wrote it. But he, and, and but oh. then they started talking on the phone without seeing each other face to face, and they found out a little bit about each other. And they talked about the non negotiables that they wanted to bring in the relationship. Well, it was basically wow. a relationship built in heaven, and they are just yeah. so complementary of one another and um, so it's it's turned out well for them but i do know what you're saying it mm. can be very superficial you're looking on the outside but we should look on the inside their character because we miss out on a lot yes. of people people who have got great character they're sincere they're compassionate but they may not look the perfect person but really they may be the perfect person so we need to look past yeah. this the the outside and look on the inside and get to know somebody far more but i think it's really important to know yourself and what you can and can't put up with and what your values are what your yes. beliefs are what are your non-negotiables and what you're prepared to put up with because if things you think oh that's cute uh it's a little bit annoying but it's cute you know while you're dating then you get married it's not so cute anymore and it really annoys you and it causes no. more tension so that's the reason why I, yeah. if i had my way i would do what i call pre-engagement counseling you know, before you sign wow, on the dotted okay, line, before you, before you actually say, uh, will you marry me? I would actually start, are you ready for the the whole concept of uh, being selfless? Because being married, you realise how intuitively and innately we are selfish. Um, why this person? Are they bringing the best in you? 
Are they bringing, are they encouraging you to be the best version of yourself? Are they challenging you and fight, you know, um, sandpapering those rough edges and are, are they doing those things well but unfortunately and, and again this may be controversial for many of your listeners a lot of people think the try before you buy mentality for, in fact let's live together find out if we're compatible and if it doesn't work out then we we got no strings attached well we're realizing that all the research would actually say that couples who live together um don't end up being successful in their relationships. And I think it might be a really controversial thing to say, but the research is actually saying couples who remove that self from, you know, that, that commitment side of thing, but actually wait till they get married to live together, actually do better, healthier, and have better sex lives, more committed and healthier long-term relationships. And that's what the evidence is actually saying. Wow. Well, look, I, no, I, look I've, I have been married. I was very young when I was I got married. I was 24. I was divorced by 26, 27. Um, and I have to say to you, and I did live with that person, but I have to say another thing that I think should be included in all of this premarital-like counselling is um, people's concept of what marriage actually means because, like, it, it was a massive change living with somebody for two years and then getting married and the concept of what married life should be like from my ex-partner um, was uh, like two sides of the scale, right? Completely different sides of the scale. And I think if we'd have had a conversation prior to getting married about what his view of married life would be like and what a wife was expected to do, etc., I wouldn't have got married. I definitely wouldn't have got married yeah. because... Well, we do, we do. We used to run marriage retreats and mm. a majority of those came with, in crisis. And we'd actually ask them, did anyone ever say to you, you shouldn't get married? Yeah. They said, uh, yeah, a number of people did, but we were in love. We knew we'll get past those things. And and love is not necessarily, love is a commitment, yeah. but love is not enough. You need to show that you are willing to lay down your life. I mean, yes. we talk about the vows, for better or for worse, for richer and poorer, in sickness and in health till death do us part. You know, those are, they are just words. They are a vow. And you're saying that in, before your family and friends. And unfortunately, people say, well, you're not making me happy now financial stress, you got sick, um, it, it hasn't turned out as well as I like or would like, so bye-bye, I'll find someone who can. And, and that's that's not what a relationship is. I think we all would love to have long-term healthy relationships. There's something about us that actually loves to see a mature age couple walking down the street holding hands. And I, I haven't met anyone who doesn't say, yeah, I do too. You know, you watch someone walking past someone with holding hands and you look at them behind, you'll see them smiling because it's something about longevity. And, and you're saying about your grandparents, yeah. you know, like, you know, there'll be some people who are saying, I want that. I, I want that but they don't know how to do it. And I think getting better information, being more involved, more intentional will help navigate that and bringing out other people, mentors into your world that can identify your blind spots to find out, you know, if you ask them and you say, look, should I, is this a good match for me? And your parents should be a good, you know, if you have a healthy relationship with your kids, um, you know, you've earned that right to speak into their life. You can actually flag some areas, but so many times they People just say, look, you don't know our love. Our love is pure. It's going to be the best thing ever. And uh, <laughs> it's just not. Sorry, at my age now, I go, yeah, okay, that's fine. But like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's, yeah, I sort of have gone through a, the mill a few times and like, yeah, 
it's it's lovely and it's great when it all like falls together at the beginning but there's a like you said when you see that um you know those couple in those 70s or whatever like we go oh isn't that awesome isn't that what we want and but it takes a lot of a, a lot of work from both sides it's not about well and i I do wonder where we're going because I do see it a lot about, well, you're, it's, it's a lot of reflection about, well, you're not giving me what I want. So I'm going to go because I, it's all about me. And actually it's not, it's about we. And, Working together as a team. Yeah. And so, and I find, and I talk to a lot of single mums um, and dads about the domestic violence side of things and the, you know, the domestic violence, emotional controlling and all of those sort of things. It's not about the we in the, any of that. It's about the I and it's about the person who's controlling uh, because they have their issues that they need to work on. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying anyone is bad in any of that situation, but it's just that there are issues that both parties have to work on and um, and move forward. So, yeah, no. We're on our best behaviour when we're dating. You know, we're on our, you know, oh. we're watching our P's and Q's and that's why we always encourage people to see the four seasons, not necessarily 12 months, you know, all the seasons, yeah. but actually the seasons of life. How do they cope when they're stressed? How mm-hmm. do they cope when there's conflict? What type of relationship and how do they treat their uh their mother or their father you know they should be those little areas that you're more in tune to look for those emotional red flags to say hey is that is that going to be yeah. good and, yeah. and we need to go and i talk about uh in a helping uh, helping someone i say go in with your eyes wide open because once you get married you have to be slightly close because if you start looking at all the faults looking for that perfect person to fulfill your uh, every need you're going to be destined to fail. And um, so we talk about complimenting each other, not completing, you know, like that old, uh, that video of um, Tom, Tom Cruise in uh, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Well, you know, no one completes (laughs) another human being, you know, we need to, we need to be able to good, healthy individuals who know our identity that yeah. will actually help us move forward. And, and if we do that, and it can be a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it, like, it's, it's not being in a relationship with somebody um, who you're scared to actually be honest with and truthful with, you know, you should be in a relationship where you can say, Hey, do you know what, what you did like I didn't feel comfortable with and this was the emotion and, and to actually be able to talk that through with somebody. And um, I do see on a lot of the single mum websites or single parenting websites where people have started dating and they do put questions like going, like I'm dating this guy and he's doing X, Y, and Z and I'm thinking these are red flags. I'm going, well, if you think they're red flags, they are red flags. So I'm like going, hey, yeah. you know, it, like if you're feeling uncomfortable about something, then it's about, you know, like – saying stop take a step back take a breath it's don't imagine that it's all going to be like rosy colored we crave relationship we're we're designed for relationships so there's nothing wrong with that but i wouldn't uh i would say that people don't settle for second best it'd be better to be thriving single rather than in a relationship where you feel that you're being squashed uh, yeah. And and that is not healthy. And I know a number of single mums and dads who are doing life and being fulfilled and enjoying it to their full, and they're not complicating themselves. I mean, if 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 a person came along and they found that right person, then so be it. But they're not. They haven't. Their life hasn't stopped because they haven't 
you know, got their life on partner. Yeah. I've got a friend of mine yeah. who's, uh, she got divorced, sounded very similar to yours, uh, you know, only for a short period of time after getting married. And now she's a foster mum, and she's got a whole community around her uh, helping her navigate this. And, and so it, it takes a village to raise a child. And you were talking about, you know, with your son having those conversations, you know, you'll find a, a healthy male role model for him, you know, to, because we, we takes that village to raise a child. We need other people yeah. in our life. And it's not that in one individual, it's a group of yes. people. It's exactly what I was going to say. It's a relationship is not about being in a relationship with the, per, you know, a partner, lover, whatever. It's about the relationship you have with all of the people around you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Look, thank you for telling us about um, Focus on Families um, and, you know, all of the things that you do and also this conversation that we've just had about relationships. I mean, we could do a whole whole podcast on dating and advice on dating at the rate we're going. Um, so I always ask this of my um of my interviewees as such. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be, Brett? What superpower would you have? For me personally, that's a, a challenging one. Yeah. Um, I would love to be able to, and I might not say very not a naive and very noble thing is that for people to really understand who they are and they get to become the best version of themselves. And, and, and Focus on the Family Australia is a faith-based organisation, and we find that if they have that, uh, they understand who God is in their own life, other things will fall into place. And so if that would be my superpower, be introducing them to the great creator, and they can find out who he is and, and be inquisitive and curious, and then through that they might be able to discover who they are and they become the very best version of themselves. Wow. Well, I, that's an honourable superpower. I can't, I can't say anything more than that about it. It's, um, it's definitely a different superpower. I haven't had that one before, but that's great. No, that's awesome. Look, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. I know you're really busy. You do radio shows and loads of things that you're doing, but thank you very much for coming and talking to us. And um, yeah, I hope you have a fantastic and wonderful day. Thank you very much. And if we can be of any service, they can don't hesitate to contact us. Our website's families.org.au. Brilliant. Thank you, Brett. Awesome. Speak to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. Have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself, and remember... No one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.